1: Hi everybody, it's Russ and My Hammers Eleven. I hope you're safe and well. New channel, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell notification button so you're made aware of any time put new content on. We have videos going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. And every interview, every memory, every player we speak about is, is personal to that person, and everyone's every story is unique. So make sure you hit that bell so you don't miss any of the stories coming up. Loads of great guests, loads of great fans, including today's fan, Lifelong Hammer, Brian Williams. Hi Brian, how
0: are you, man? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How Probably better he, than, in a better state than the team, I think, at the moment.
1: And <laughs> so it begins, indeed. indeed. How? I know, I know everyone asks the same question, but but how's lockdown treating you, Ryan?
0: Well, not too bad, actually. Um, I've been quite busy working from home. I do some uh, work for the National Union of Journalists, which I'm able to do from home. Uh, having retired from journalism itself a couple of years ago, uh, I now make mischief on behalf of other uh, union members who uh, who need help, which, as you can imagine, at the moment are quite a few. So yeah. I've been keeping surprisingly busy for I a imagine. man who's supposedly retired.
1: Yeah, no, I can imagine. I can, but also, you know, from a from a sort of a, a journalist, and obviously, people are consuming much more news than they did before everything kicked off. Um, and so, you know, it, I was reading today, you know, sort of newspaper readership uh, and online newspaper readership has gone like through the roof, um, in the last three months.
0: Yep. No, it has. Unfortunately, the advertising that goes with it, no, that yes. basically pays for it has gone through the floor. So yeah. the, like every other industry, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how it recovers from this as and when, but, um, I guess I mean, however much people would like journalists to go away, and and often they do. Uh, we, we tend to stick around one way or another.
1: Yeah, no, Could I know. Won't
0: come into your door soon. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> but that, but you're right. I mean, it's um, I when I when I'm not doing this, um, my I, I work for a. A market research company in who are part of a big PR media organization so you know I'm always keeping a keeping an eye on uh, on how how the, how the press is doing and stuff because it's uh, it's our business basically as well it's a lot of, sort of new generation pieces as well um anyway you know, people haven't tuned in to talk about, to talk about my, that which about West Ham and that's the idea of the channel Brian is you know as you said it's it's not, it's not great times at the moment to be a West Ham fan but has it ever been probably in your time it might have been to be fair um but but we sort of get these stories and find out about people's uh, journeys into West Ham and obviously the players that might have meant something or it might not meant something to them. Um, so, for you, Brian, why West Ham? Why was well, it your that's, club?
0: That's a good question. I mean, I'm not <laughs> an East Ender myself. Uh, I adopted them uh, as a seven year old in the run up to the 1964 Cup final. I actually hailed from West London before moving yeah. down to a new town called Bracknell to the west of London. So it wasn't West Ham territory at all, but uh, for some reason I adopted them before the semi-final against Man U. They supposedly had no chance. Um, And I've been with them ever since (laughs) through. Well, I was going to say thick and thin, but it's more thin and
1: thin, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not being funny. When you started, that was probably the, you know, that, that, wasn't, that was probably the golden era, really, in, in modern West Ham history, sort of the 60s and 70s and 80s, and, and early, sort of, mid, mid-80s. Um, and so, you know, you know it, it's quite funny how the story, some, obviously a lot of people are, are born into it by a geographical location. Um, I interviewed one guy the other day, I think it was Nigel, actually, Nigel King. Who just saw West Ham on Match of the Day, like when he's that when he's on, when his granddad said, "What team right. do you support?" You know, that right. one. Uh, <laughs> it could have been any team. It could have been Chelsea. It could have been Man City. It could have, you know, God forbid, but it was West Ham. Um, and, and it's quite well, funny it, how those stories happen.
0: I would say, in defence of my East End credentials, I did marry into an East End family, well, you uh, and uh, today, in fact, is my 32nd wedding anniversary. Oh, so I'm, uh, I'm still technically. Uh, Married at least to uh, to extenders, <laughs> uh, and uh, if not one myself. So.
1: And it's nice to know you're 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 spending your your wedding anniversaries, you know, away from your wife talking about West Ham. So it's probably no different then from the other 31 years, to be honest.
0: <laughs> I'll uh, be very careful what I say there. <laughs> no, exactly, and it's funny, isn't it? It's funny how West
1: Ham sort of gets into the fabric of your clothes. Do you know what I mean? Like things like is it people you meet? Um, obviously, you know, you, you you sort of meet loads of people, particularly now not not uh, physically, but virtually um, on, on Facebook and Twitter and, and things like that. And the whole sort of West Ham community has seemed to sort of like, has thrived really in sort of the lockdown. You know, it does seem that there's lots of messages and support coming from the various groups to each other. It's, it's lovely to see.
0: Yes, no, it, it, and it does. Uh, obviously, as you say, it spreads out, doesn't it? It's like a, a stone, you drop it in the pond and the ripples spread out and you meet all sorts of fantastic people. And when you're despairing of the club itself and, and how yeah. it's run and various other bits that uh, some of us maybe are not so keen on the, the, yeah. the friends you make and the, you know, the, the West Ham community is, is something really special.
1: No, you're right. We're not here for the football. If you we were here no, for, no, the...
0: Not for the football, <laughs> <bit. laughs>
1: very, very, very wrong decision, if you were, but that again, I think that's, that's sort of why I think that the, the family and the community, the West Ham sort of groups are sort of, They have this sort of, I don't know, is this sort of like, it is a bit like the old East End spirit, do you know what I mean, in terms of, you know, mucking together, we know we're not going to win, but we'll have a good time, and as as soon as everyone gets back is is better in terms of, you know, being able to see the games live and with each other. I've been invited to several Zoom parties, watch-along Zoom parties, which have been quite interesting, to be honest, because, you know... um, but it's been great and this whole channel because obviously you came from recommendations from others and they came from recommendations and it's just it's just it's lovely to to speak to so many different people who I normally wouldn't have spoken to if we didn't have the pandemic, to be perfectly honest. Um and, and it's really sort of been, been nice to sort of talk about these memories. So do you remember your first game, Brian? Your first Oh first yeah, game? yeah,
0: very clearly. Which actually wasn't at Upton Park, it was at Stamford Bridge, again with the West London connection. Yeah, I'm pestering Um, various family members who were generally not interested in football to take me Uh, and in the end I got put on a coach to a works outing for a Chelsea v uh, West Ham game at Stamford Bridge which uh, happily we won (laughs) 3-1 I can remember it as if it were yesterday uh, it was, you know, if I hadn't been uh, addicted already I, I certainly was after that yeah, 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 and I like to think I still would have been, even if we'd lost 3 1. But,
1: uh, well, I mean, if you lost 3 1, it would set you in good stead for the rest of the uh, Yeah, fame, it would have, yes.
0: Well, that was the trouble, really. It kind <laughs> of gave me a false hope for the, the following 50 odd years. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, you know, sixty. obviously the, the success of 64 and then the cup winners and the World Cup, and, you know, it was like you must have been thinking, this is it, this is easy, this is great. And then, sort of, probably from the mid 80s onwards, it went a little bit in, in decline.
0: Yeah, well, after 86, things did. Uh, go downhill a bit, but uh, yeah. Don't, don't forget. that the... said, I mean, obviously those early years were fantastic, but yeah. um, I, you know, West Ham did manage to get themselves relegated with yeah. uh, a couple of sides that you thought they're too good to go down. And of course we've, uh, we've actually done that five times in, in my, uh, my life. And what I've done with my 11 is to go through those teams and those squads and pick out from those, those squads, a team that really, I think, is too good to go down.
1: Yeah. Love love the segue, Brian. Love the segue. That was brilliant. I didn't need to do it. And that's what we're doing. So, obviously, we're we're talking, for Brian, he's he's put his great idea, his his new, very unique um, theme together. So, I'm really looking forward to it. So, go on, let's go for these too good to go down, Brian, 11. Who is in goal? Who's between the sticks for this team?
0: Well, what I did was um, I went through as I say, the, the various squads, and divided them into basically three, three categories. There was, there was no chance. There was, I've seen worse, and in with a shout. Now, for the keepers I've seen in, again, these are relegation sides, remember. Really? Uh, Alan McKnight was an absolute stonewall. Yeah. Worst goalkeeper I've ever seen. Now, I owe Alan McKnight a huge apology. I've given him dog's abuse for years uh, as being the worst West Ham goalkeeper. I said confidently we would never see anyone worse in goal than Alan McKnight. And like so many other things in life, I've been proved horribly wrong with Mr. Roberto, who quite honestly, if he can play in goal for West Ham, so can I. I mean, yeah. really. So Alan, if you're watching this, apologies, my friend. I really, <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> my, um, my, I've seen worse keepers in all of this. Bobby Ferguson. Yeah. Mervyn Day and Calamity James, all of whom played in relegation squads. And the the three who are in with a shout for the actual position, um, Aludo, of course, Rob Green, who was a fantastic goalkeeper, yeah. and, uh, and Phil Parks. And uh, it's no secret, probably anybody who knows me, is that Phil Parks uh, gets the gig. I mean, he was an absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, anybody who's ever met him will tell you what a nice guy he is. Exactly. But what I would just like to put out a quick shout to, to Mrs. Parks, Lavinia, who is an absolutely lovely lady. And if you ever want to uh, see the truth of that thing behind every great man lies a great woman, have a chat with Lavinia. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story she's got about Phil's early career, uh, the things they had to put up with, what it's like, With a young family when your old man is a professional footballer, Christmas for example, you know he's off to play an away game maybe on Boxing Day. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting her and a long chat with her a couple of years ago and uh, it was fascinating. She's a lovely lady so Lavinia, every West Ham fan knows you uh, a debt of gratitude.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, no, yeah, totally. And the, the, the whole Parks family are lovely, but we're getting Marie on soon as well. So, and uh, that'd be good fun. Uh, all right, we could, we'll put Mister Parks in. This is brilliant. I'm loving this already, bro. You've already just put one one position in. Um, let, let let's go. Let's go left back. If if that's okay with you.
0: Left back, certainly. Well, my um, my no chances there. Mitchell Thomas, Rufus Brevet, Wayne Bridge, not big fans I mean I've never played professional football perhaps I shouldn't really call them out but my god (laughs) they weren't the best now Nigel Winterburn when he did come to us of course you know he'd had a fantastic career Mm. had been a great player in his day he's in my uh, I've seen worst category but the In With A Shout came down to, to three came down to Julian Dix uh, Frank Lampard and George Paris, who uh, partly oh, because George is a fellow columnist on Blowing Bubbles magazine, which is yes. write uh, for, and I feel it's only right I get a plug in for. <laughs> he's course. also an absolute top fellow. He's a yeah. really nice guy. Now, I really struggled with this, um, and in the end, I thought, on the grounds that every team needs a full on psychopath, I've gone for Julian Bixley.
1: Yeah, He
0: was. Um, well, what can you say about Julian yeah. Um, I mean, apart from being obviously a fantastic penalty taker, a far better player than he was ever given credit for. Definitely. Uh, he did occasionally have the odd rush of blood to the head, it's mm-hmm. fair to say. Some of the challenges he put in, I mean, you could feel the chicken run shake while you know, he was standing in there. It was, I've seen grown men uh, look away, you know, and wince, in, in horror, as some of those challenges went in. And you just knew on a wet Tuesday night, when other people weren't so interested, Dixie would be there. Yeah. Um, I mean Frank Lampard was was a brilliant player, and it was a real real tough shout between the two of them. But I decided in the end Dixie got yeah. the shout.
1: No good shout. No, I, I agree, and, and I I'm, I I totally um, second everything you say there. In terms of, I think outside of West Ham he wasn't regarded as a good footballer Do you know But inside all the west ham fans knew how much of a fantastic player he was and travesty well, was wasn't
0: it when when he went you know liverpool came in for yeah. him and he went to liverpool for that spell um uh, you know a pretty well known fact i know but of course the last player to score a goal in front of the cop before uh you know while it was still standing yeah and he played well for liverpool and yeah. I mean, at the time, there was a story that there were a group of 40 or 50 real diehard Julian Dix fans who went up to watch him play for Liverpool rather than uh, go and watch West Ham. Well, how true that is, I don't know. But he is one of those characters who yeah. you could believe the happening of. I oh, mean, totally. You know, he was, you know, charismatic, fantastic player. And, uh, you know, you just knew his heart was in the club.
1: Yeah, totally. No, I, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, I can I can so imagine people, you know, following Julian Dix rather than the club just because. Well, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're they're probably, probably at West Brom at the moment, you know, sitting outside yeah. the Hawthorns, right? Put Julian in. Uh, let's let's go the other side. Let's go to the right back position then, Brian.
0: Okay, right back. Well, my, my no chance uh, player there is is Repka. Now I know that he. There are a lot of people who like Tommy Gunn, but I mean he was a headbanger of the first war, and of course still yeah. is. I mean we <laughs> even more so. We, yeah, yeah. Probably best not for legal reasons to go into his post-football career <laughs> and uh, where he is now, which I believe is in a Czechoslovakian jail somewhere. So. But he's he's on the um, <laughs> he's on the no chance list. Now my. Um, Seen worse. John McDowell, Tim Breaker, Kenny Brown. liked all of those. liked them a lot. You know, yeah. real sort of loyal club players. The final three I got down to all club legends: Billy Bonds, Steve Potts, Ray Stewart. Now, a lot of people may say Billy Bonds are right back. Well, because that's where he started out yeah. for us, and that was where he was playing in that first game at Chelsea that I mentioned earlier. He was he was right back that day, so uh, that was his first season at the club. So me and Billy go back, (laughs) his contribution to the club is somewhat greater than mine, Uh, I hasten to add. Uh, Steve Potts, of course, what can you say about Steve Potts? A a true true club legend, Um, fantastic player, played all along that back four, Mm. never let West Ham down. Got the, uh, the screaming goal against Hull, of course, that those of us who were there will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look it up on YouTube, by the way, if you've exactly. not seen it. Yeah. Um, but I actually, in the end, went for, for Ray Stewart. Tom, uh, yeah. Partly because, I mean, again, he was a terrific player, but his ability to take a penalty uh, was mm. second to none. And I'd sort of had a real dilemma about West Ham penalties ever since Uh, the terrible, terrible night. Then Gordon Banks saved the penalty from Jeff Hurst in the League Cup semi-final. And I was on the North Bank right behind that. And I was never quite the same again. (laughs) I mean, Jeff Hurst, in my book, never missed a penalty. It was in the back of the net and we were off to Wembley. And of course, Gordon Banks had other ideas and... um, it shattered my face in human nature, to be honest. Certainly in West Ham penalty takers. <laughs> and then along came Tonga, and um, all was well again. He, yeah. You know, he knew he put the ball on the spot. You just knew where it was going. He was fantastic. And of course, the penalty you took in the uh, what was it? A quarter final against Villa, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last, absolute last knockings. Um, if we hadn't beaten Villa, it was nil-nil at the time they were really good side. And I think if we'd gone to Villa Park, we wouldn't have won at their place. Mm. He put the ball down, bang, that was it. And um, semi-final and the cup.
1: And the rest was history. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah,
0: yeah, it's,
1: it's, yeah. I mean, obviously, and, and, you know, he's still, obviously he still gets interviewed quite a lot on the pitch, don't we, at, at the London Stadium. And uh, he's always a lovely guy as well. Like really, I mean, I've had a pleasure. I mean, obviously we, by doing this channel, I've obviously been lucky enough to get a lot of players' phone numbers. And so I've been texting them. And, ph- and to, to raise credit, he phoned me up and he, he said, well, I, well, obviously I could barely understand him in his Scottish accent. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> he, he basically said, look, I'm, I, you know, I'm not ignoring you, Russ, but I don't like doing Zoom calls. Can we do it when we go back to the stadium? Like, yeah, of course we can. And then we proceeded to talk about West Ham, the current, uh, the current team and stuff, um, for about an hour on the phone. Um, and he didn't have to do that You know, he could have just sent me a text or whatever But he did that And then he signed it off in, uh, you know, such a Scottish way He went, oh Russ, I've really got to go now Because the tea bags have just dried on the washing line I've got to bring them in <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> Brilliant But what, and he's such a lovely guy as well But yeah, put Tonker in um, Let's go centre-halves then, Brian Who's your first centre-half?
0: Right, well, they kind of go as a bit of a pair really yeah, no problem. Um no So how about this for for a no chance list? There will be some uh, grown men probably sobbing when they get to the end of this. I've got <laughs> Bill Green for those of you with long memories, Mick McGiven, who was uh, a bit shaky, Paul Hilton, Gary Strodder, and Gary Breen. My goodness, Gary oh, my Breen, Charlie there Breen. was a there was a player,
1: and it was Matthew
0: Upson. Now Matthew yeah. Upson was not the worst player ever, but he just was not. Interested in West Ham Was he And in that season 2010 and 11 When we went down He just went missing And it was Amazing How many reports You read about West Ham Describe Scott Parker As club captain
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And to
0: all intents and purposes He was But if, you know, technically He wasn't And Upston I don't know. Never been a, <laughs> never been a, No, I
1: think when I when I when I finally write my memoirs, I've got a good Matt Upson story I can't tell. But when I write my memoirs, I will be saying that story about Matt Upson. From an email, season. I'd be
0: interested to yeah, read. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, I know what you mean. He, he 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 just went missing, didn't he? Towards that last that season, completely.
0: But of course, we've had lots of you know very you know decent, centre halves. Tommy Taylor, Kevin Locke. I mean, of course, he was the guy who was going to follow Bobby Moore. Yeah. You know, no, <laughs> not. Not much of
1: a not pressure.
0: most a follow there, eh? Um, and Tom Ferdinand. Um, of course. Rio can't be included because he was never in the side that uh, no. they got relegated. So he he was good, and he was too good to go down. Ian peers: Colin Foster, Winston Reed, Danny Gabidon, and of course James Tompkins, who was also a, a bit of a favourite of mine, who you yeah. know came up through the academy. However, my in with a shout are. Um, I is who I picked from. Bonzo, again, of course, Steve Potts, Christian Daly, who didn't love Christian Daly, exactly. Alvin Martin, and Tony Gale. And in the end, as I say, I think you've got to pick the pair of them together for yeah. no, if 86, if no other reason. Yeah. And it's Alvin Martin and Tony Gale.
1: Yeah, Stretch and Reg, as I know they're called now. Yeah. 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 That's, just, that's it. I did, because I see when I started interviewing these players, I didn't know any of their nicknames. It's not like in a journal or anything. It's not like on Wikipedia. So, you know, when Tony goes, Yeah, I'm going to put Stretch in. I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah right. no you're right and, it, and it, it's incredible going through the, going through those players they got relegated and it's like this is brilliant i'm loving this bro. he's absolutely fantastic
0: right okay we'll put well there are some genuine you know yes. obviously there are no there no world cup winners in this no. because none of those were in relegated sides no. but the you know actual real legends you've got bonds brookin parks devonshire yes. martin potts Dix, ray stewart Paolo di canio frank mcavenny Frank Lampard, Mark Noble, you know, I mean, there's some decent players to choose from. And yeah. that's before you get down to the Liam Bradys, Carrick's, Winterburn's, Scott Parker's, Bob Robson's, and so on and so forth. Oh so, God, right. there are a lot of players who have been very, very good for us and still found themselves at the wrong end of the table yeah. at the end of the season.
1: <laughs> right, okay, brilliant. Let's, let's go into midfield then, Brian. Let's go uh, left, left midfield, left wing.
0: Well, left midfield for me is Alan Devonshire. Yeah. And, uh, just again, um, brilliant player to watch. Uh, absolutely class player. You know, watching him dribble the ball. I don't think I've I've seen many better, if any. Yeah. Um, obviously, got him from non-league football. One of the great bargains as well that West mm-hmm. Ham had. Uh, utterly loyal to you know to the club and. Um, If Fallon Devonshire doesn't make anybody's West Ham side, they need to go away and have a word with themselves, is all I can say.
1: You're right. I mean, people of of that, of, of people who are obviously fortunate enough to see him play, He's always in there to be honest but you know obviously uh, that's what's quite nice is generational thing because uh, otherwise you'll get if you had like a dream 11 everyone would pick almost identically the same 11 players Absolutely. It'd be quite boring after 10 let alone almost 100 interviews we've had so far of course um, yeah, yeah. and so yeah it's but you're right and Devon, you know and what's been quite nice as a learning process for me is i wasn't around to see the boys of 86 you know i started really going about 92 uh, when i was old enough so Going back and listening, you know, finding out all these and YouTubing and Wikipediaing all these players, you know, like John Charles and and people like that who I you know I had no recollection, I didn't know of them. Uh, it's really like learning a lot more of this history of West Ham, which is, I don't think I had a, an appreciation of. And um, people like Dev, everyone talks of it so highly. All the players I interviewed talk about him so highly. So again, going back and seeing him, and obviously the, the two different devs. The sort of pre-injury and post-injury to yes. two yeah, very... Yeah. And having a player to reinvent... That would never happen now. You know, like, I always look at someone like Michael Owen, who relied heavily on his pace. He got injured, and from then on, he wasn't the same was the same player because he couldn't... Now, Dev was his flying winger, by all accounts, and until the injury. Then he had to change and become this incredibly skillful player. That um, doesn't happen anymore now. Once they get an injury, they're no. done, aren't they, really? It's too soft nowadays.
0: These, the, well, the, while we're on the subject of Alan Devonshire, there he is on the front copy of a, uh, a West Ham programme. Yeah. Uh, and that this, again, is from another relegation season. And uh, the reason that I'm so fond of this programme is that it's one of the finest bits of football analysis I've ever heard while sitting in the stands. Uh, we were playing Tottenham that day. It was the week before Christmas. It was a relegation season we were shocking and we kind of all knew that we were going down yeah. now uh, sitting in front of me and my wife uh, were a couple of old boys who were complaining quite uh, loudly as to just how you know bad west ham yeah. are you know what it's like football people sitting in front of you uh, you know you, you can't help but sometimes listening to their yeah, conversation <laughs> So, uh, and I'll, I'll sort of um, keep the language rather less industrial than it <laughs> was at the time. But uh, one bloke turned to his mate and basically said that West Ham were uh, either has or, well, let's say merchant bankers, shall we? Yes, and he then sure. went, through, went through the side and listed them one by one. And I can remember it to this day. I can still basically hear him say, it: McKnight, banker. Yeah. Pots, has-been, Paris, banker. Gail, has been, Martin has been, Devonshire has been, Brady has been, Kelly, banker, Rossignol banker, Dickens, banker. And the only one in the side who he didn't um, <laughs> thus describe was Paul Lintz, who used to play for us back then, who, yeah. uh, who I suspect doesn't make many people's favourite yeah. hits for <laughs> a number of reasons. But uh, anyway, so really poor right. old Devo at that stage was... Um, suffering badly with you know with injury yes yeah. you know we're, we're a number of them which is why we got relegated that soon yeah.
1: who, uh, who needs the sun ratings where you can just have the banker or has been rating i think that's perfect now
0: well my wife <laughs> and i still basically you know that that is is our uh you know our measure of yeah, uh, ticking down the team. Into one one category <laughs> or the other love it
1: certainly
0: <laughs> certainly the present lot do yeah,
1: well yeah let's sit about the better uh, right okay let's go let's go right midfield let's go the other side here we've got the other side
0: could i come back to that because that's a bit it. of a surprise pick yeah please. go for it um, you, I mean, you talk let, about let, who you want to talk about next let, let's do the the, the middle pair again it. It. are uh, they go together which yeah. is, is brooking and bonds hmm. uh what is there? you know to say more about trevor brooking or billy bonds um in I mean, Billy Bonds is my all-time favourite West Ham player. Sure. And in one of the books I wrote about West Ham, I actually wrote a chapter as a an open letter to to Billy Bonds. And I hope he gets to read it one day anyway, because um, he was fantastic, you know. I yeah. mean, he really just epitomised everything, personified everything that West Ham is all about. Uh, and Trevor Brooking, likewise, you know, what what a fantastic pair of ambassadors for the club they've been they, uh, and i anybody i'm sure who is of you know a similar vintage will have both of those yes. in their side i mean of course with bonzo of course he went on for so long that yeah. um he could cross a, generations, lot of, yeah. a lot of generations will have seen him yeah yeah
1: and Brookin as well you know i mean look at you yeah. know the, the players he played with you know across his career at West Ham and you know he could have obviously we went, we went down and he stayed with the club and was still playing for England and Never, yes, never well,
0: that's there. kind of true. A number of you know of these is the loyalty that they've shown mm. to the club. And obviously, there are a lot of good midfielders who haven't made my 11. And, you know, Paolo Di Canio, for example, I'm sure a lot of people will be going, my God, why isn't Di Canio in there? Um, you've got all sorts of great players who, I mean, Michael Carrick was a terrific player, mm. Joe Cole. Um, but that is that loyalty thing, I think, mm. that, that counts a lot. With me as it, as I obviously it does with so many West Ham fans, no, totally. which is partly the reason for my right-sided midfielder, okay. who is kind of the possibly the archetypal loyal club player, and that's Patsy Holland. Yeah. Who um, he, obviously he's not the greatest player technically West Ham have yep. ever had. but well, I don't think anybody's ever tried harder than, than Patsy. Uh, was it 350 games I think he played for us Uh, he he was not the most confident character either you know he suffered apparently with you know kind of with nerves and self-doubt and to turn out uh, and play you know first division football and of course was with us in the second division as well Mm -hmm. you know must take quite something there you know I mean most footballers come over as quite sort of cocky don't they and follow themselves Mm -hmm. and I think Patsy struggled a bit sometimes with his self confidence, but he gave 100%, you know, to an Absolutely terrific player. And um, it's kind of interesting, little couple of stories with, with, with Patsy Holland as well that um, his first goal for West Ham was actually Jimmy Greaves' home debut. I mean, everybody remembers, uh, again, of, of, of my generation, Greaves'
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, debut itself at main road and uh, the two goals and the mud and the, the boys goal but his, his first uh, home appearance was against Liverpool and Patsy Holland was picked for that and apparently he turned his ankle having a kickabout with his mates uh, a couple of the a couple of days beforehand and thought he was going to get uh, get dropped and he probably would have done if uh, if he told the boss but he didn't he um, he hobbled on he, he got Fixed up and and played and actually scored the winner yeah. in that game in a one nil game against Liverpool, which was uh, was a cracking, cracking game. And of course, he then you know stuck with us in in the relegation years. Yeah. And um, his final game was the game I think against Notts County, who went the year we came second and they won, but he got a vital goal at their place that basically ensured we. We went up, so he's very much part of the fabric of, of the West Ham story, you know, both up and down. So, he, Patsy Holland for me on the right side. And again, if you're any YouTubers out there, have a look at a goal he scored against Hereford in the FA Cup, which yeah. um, is a is a belter. All
1: right, I'm going to make a note of that. I'm going to make a note of that. I, And I believe he says when he checks his. I always have my spreadsheet open. I haven't had my spreadsheet open today. I must apologise. Uh, I believe. That might be the first time Patsy Holland's come up, I think, in conversation. Um, let's have a look. He says when he quick waits for his Excel to open. Da, 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 Patsy Holland. No, sorry, second time he's come up. Second time he's come up. I think, yeah, but, but still, yeah, you're right. He's, and then again, that's again, that's a great reason why we do this channel. So players like Patsy Holland, and there's a few others who have come up, like who I've never heard of, um, particularly when I invite who I interview? I think it was Jim Baker. Um, and it was like he had Ernie Gregory and people like that who I'd never you know I'd never heard right. of and so you know it's yeah. pretty actually play and they get in there sort of their time to shine again do you know what I mean in sort of the modern era when there's so many football players okay we'll put Patsy Holland but in I, cool.
0: I, know, I know you had Jeff Pike on a while back yeah you know? Pikey on he, yeah you know he he's very much out of you know that that same ilk you know a fantastic club servant you know yeah. gave 100 plus percent every time a fantastic player and yeah. and in many ways, Pats is in there as, as as a tribute to all of them. He's the unsung hero player.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I know what you mean. Every side needs, I think. Yeah, totally. We had, um, who do I interview? It hasn't come up yet. It'll be, it'll be out before your one comes out. I think it's uh, Bobby Barnes. Uh, oh, and, right. and he put, he put Pikey in um for that exact reason you know sort of an unsung hero uh, and i and i totally agree and uh, there's lots of them unfortunately you know like it, in the modern day era for me people like hayden mullins you know he he yeah. did a lot of hard work but he, he yeah, knows, yeah. he's not apples and pears you compare them to but in the modern era and stuff and uh, and people like tim breaker i never really appreciated when i was a young lad watching back again um didn't realize how good he was and Actually, when I interviewed him, I apologized for not rating him when I was when I was oh, ten. He yeah. was like, oh, I think get over that, Russ. But no, I, that, that's really useful. Okay, we'll put uh, Patsy Holland in. Let's well, go up I, front.
0: I, go I certainly agree agree with you with Hayden Mullins, and I. It's my lifelong belief that if he'd been playing in a Cup Final against Liverpool, we'd have won that game. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: uh, I remember that. Remember that game. game yeah. that was, so they was, both was, they both did. They both got sent off. did know them and, him and uh, yeah. Harry Garcia. They both yeah. got um, done and. and Oh Liverpool! Ah, oh, we were like, oh, because oh, I think it was harsher on us because Mullins was oh, so integral.
0: Absolutely, it was. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, I think you know every team needs a Hayden Mullins. So could, yeah, could do with a couple now, to be honest.
1: But yeah, all right, we'll put Patsy in. Let's go up front, and then Brian, who've you got up front?
0: Okay, well, um, I've gone for a big and, and a little, and, <laughs> and um, my little and is is and he wasn't a so little actually was was Pop Robson,
1: yeah,
0: who uh, was. Terrific, and it was. It was such a shame that Robson and Hurst did not have a longer mm. period up front together than they did. They would. They would have been unstoppable. Pop came basically the season before they had one and a half seasons together, um, and then Jeff Hurst went at the end of '72, and um, Robson stayed. Of course, scored goals for fun, including some you know terrific goals as well. He, he just had that ability. To score from from anywhere, and yeah. uh, in his early days, there were a couple of goals he scored against Man U, at Upton Park. Now, you're always going to love a West Ham striker who scores goals it's against.
1: Always Man United, United. yeah. He
0: never fails to please, does yeah. it? But uh, Pop was he was really special, and you know, again, he's one of those players I think that never got the credit really outside of those clubs he played for that he really Indeed. deserved. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he won three times. I think with with Sunderland, twice with us. Uh, and I think those who sort of saw him and, and saw him play week in week out really did rate him. He mm. was he, he was extra special.
1: No, I agree. And I think uh, I can't remember what I think it was on the D X players. Put, that Pop Robson was basically his idol, and and again, you know, I was like, what? And you know, because again, it's like a player I didn't really Then go back and see some of the goals he scored. Yeah, he was a hell of a player. That was that was sure. Um, right, okay, we'll put Pop in. Uh, and who's he going to partner him? Who's well, the last piece?
0: This um, there's a, there's a bit of a link actually with uh, with Pop in that um, Pop Robson scored a hat trick against Millwall uh, in uh, one of our seasons down there, and. I didn't know this until i looked it up but my other striker was playing in the same game with him which is david cross and uh, again probably not everybody's first choice but he was he really put himself around for west ham and again, in yeah. many ways his finest moment of course was the 1980 cup final yes. when he played up from uh this would be the indeed in 1980 the cup final against yep. arsenal of course um and he was asked to play lone striker. He was he was brilliant that day, as were yeah. the rest of the side. Uh, and he again scored regularly. He was there, you know. He was at the club in a relegation. He he came uh, in in the the what was it? We went down in seventy seven. Yeah, that's right. He came sure. in seventy seven and was there. We got relegated that season. He was there for the three years that we were down in the second division. Yeah. Uh, of course, leading goal scorer in the, yeah. uh, in the division in the year we won the Cup. And again, scored quite regularly when we were back in the first division. Mm-hmm. He, uh, sorry, I think I may have just... Right. Pulled my exactly. camera there slightly <laughs> with the, <laughs> the excitement of the badge. <laughs> but um, yeah, Cross was... David Cross was our, our own true psycho, of course. was yeah. uh, a... a yeah he deserves his place up front, I think, and him and Bob Robson um with the rest behind him, I reckon they're too good to go down,
1: yeah definitely, and it was I think it was David cross that Said Pop Robson because he was like it was like his dream to play with him um, right. when they played together. So that's, it's when you, I couldn't think who it was, and then he said David Cross. I said I'm 99 percent sure he said it. Pop Robson right. was was his, okay. hit with his idol, but um, yeah, no, too good to go down. It, it, when you look at that, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, they all got <laughs> they got relegated in some time in their West Ham career, but uh, as you said, too good to go down. Brian, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much. All, all the effort you've got into it is, 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 is brilliant. Thank you. And, and everyone will appreciate that because everyone loves a the theme on this channel, that's for sure. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate that. My pleasure. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Um, you know, like, share, subscribe. Um, keep the messages coming in. i read everyone. I'm very humbled by all the support for the channel. And until next time, everybody, For me and Brian, take care, everyone. Stay safe. And we'll see you again very, very soon. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.
0: Cheerio.
1: 18 plus.